Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Wealth insurance, the physical delivery of gold and silver. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. We update that thing five days a week, Monday through Friday, with all kinds of articles and videos to keep you in the know. Uh, Don't forget, so many ways now for you to get connected with us. Uh, We're on Twitter now, at Patriot Trading One. Make sure you follow us there. SoundCloud, the podcast uh, we, we had yesterday, uh, we were finally able to get the first of hopefully many extras, free extras, free podcast. You know, everything's free. We don't charge you for anything. We don't charge you to, to go out to our website. We don't charge you to uh, listen to our shows. We don't do any of that stuff. But uh, Danielle DiMartino Booth, the entire interview in its entirety is now up. Uh, on SoundCloud if you want to listen to the whole thing. Yesterday we played a portion of that interview on the show as well. Uh, you can follow us there and get get notified anytime we, we put up a podcast. You'll be alerted. Uh, Facebook, by the way, uh, we will, I believe, in, let's we'll say hopefully by Monday, it may be as early as tomorrow, we will have up on our site at All American Gold, the Facebook link, so you're liking the right Facebook page because we we do have two of them. Uh, one of them we set up years and years and years and years ago, and none of us know the password to get into it, so we set up another one. Uh, but that link will be up there, so you'll be able to follow us there as well. And uh, according to Ramon, already the uh, the interview we did with with Miss Booth, she's the author of Fed Up. Already uh, hundreds and hundreds of downloads already, as people are wanting to know more about her, uh, what it is that she's done, and it really was fascinating. What keeps her up at night is really what should really be what everybody's worried about of course but we don't live in that world though we live in the we we live in the world of optimism we don't necessarily like to live in reality uh we had all kinds of fed speak happening uh yesterday today again tomorrow uh, the federal reserve meets in less than 2 weeks so they meet uh, march 14th i think it is 13th and 14th 14th and 15th something like that And now people are wondering, are they going to raise rates in March? And I think the funniest thing is the Federal Reserve actually tracks GDP. And what I mean by that is the Atlanta Federal Reserve and now the New York Federal Reserve. Part of it, if you listen to uh, the interview with, with Danielle that we did yesterday, she talks about the need for a huge reduction in the Federal Reserve and how much 
uh, overlap and, and reproduction of the same work is done. But the New York Federal Reserve and the Atlanta Federal Reserve have these GDP trackers. And as the data comes in, they make adjustments. So at the beginning of this week, the New York Federal Reserve was claiming first quarter GDP was going to be 3.1%. Of course, we haven't been above 3% in over 10 years, but neither here nor there. 3.1%. And we've had quarters where we've been above 3 in fairness. But we've never had a whole year of 3% growth over the last, what, 10 years now. The Atlanta Federal Reserve, which, by the way, is the more accurate, and which really, and in itself, makes no sense. How, how you would think with all the data, they get all the same data, but they don't get the same results. They were at 2.5% GDP growth for the first quarter. This morning... New numbers came out. The Atlanta Federal Reserve is now down to 1.8% in falling, and the New York Fed was following suit, right? So they're all shifting down, and the reason is a lot of economic data came out this week. Consumer spending for January wasn't as good as they were. As a matter of fact, the place adjusted it was actually a negative. Construction spending was negative. Car sales was negative. In other words, we sold less cars in February of this year than, than that was a February number than we did the February of the year before. And all of the, I'll, I'll say the real data point, all said, hey, guess what? The economy's not really going anywhere. You know, think about fourth quarter, 1.9%. And now we're at 1.8 and probably going to go lower from there. And yet the Federal Reserve is talking up rate hikes again. And and we've got this really interesting thing happening where, it, for the really for the whole year, the Dow's been rallying, gold's been rallying, silver's been rallying, the dollar really has kind of been rallying. These are things that normally... They don't all rally together. And you have to start wondering why that is. We're going to talk about why that is next. Pedro Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dial. Pedro Radio News Hour. Our toll free number again 800 951 Ron Paul is going to be in town March the 8th. He's going to be at the state capitol here in Arizona. He is uh, trying to help get a bill passed to make gold and silver legal lawful tender. So if you want, uh, if you want to be there and show your support, Ron Paul is going to be in town uh, on March the 8th, and I appreciate that customer uh, letting us know to pass that along, uh, and you know, and you really you're seeing this, whether it's here 
You've seen it in Texas. We see it in Utah. And you see all these states talking about it. And, and really because the same thing is happening, whether, you know, when these states look at their budgets, I, I don't know uh, for you local folks if you actually read the paper anymore. I mean, most people, I guess, don't. Uh, but the front page of the Arizona Republic today, uh, something I tweeted it out, I think it was yesterday, maybe even the day before, about how the pension problems are coming back home to roost here in Arizona and starting to gobble up all of the money. And and uh, you, you look at uh, even money being spent in the classrooms. They say the latest study now says that only 50, something like 53 cents of every dollar is getting spent in the classroom uh, in education, of course. And this is everywhere. It's a growing problem. And I wish there was an easy way to fix it. I'm not out here attacking uh, teachers or anything like that. But we have this issue where the, the, the solution to everybody's problem was debt. And don't worry, because you'll be able to pay for it, because you're going to get these great, fantastic returns. And then, of course, the great, fantastic returns didn't happen. And now we're seeing all of these pensions start blowing up. I don't know. Uh, the, the, the Teamsters in New York, their pension blew up. And now they've had to turn it into... Uh, the PBOC, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. And and Teamsters that were used to be make over $3,000 a month are now getting 1000 You know, and you start thinking about the crippling effect that these are going to have, and you have all of these pensions having the same issue, and you think about what the Federal Reserve did, hey, for the last 10 years, they couldn't get any returns. Right? They couldn't buy a Treasury note and get 8%. And then you start thinking about what I tweeted today. And, and talking about real data versus optimism. And we're talking about how is it that pretty much all year long, the Dow's been running, gold and silver have been running, the 10-year note is, it's, it's right, I mean, it's up to, the 10-year note's almost a 2.5 today. And so I'll, I'll, I'll say that it's starting to gain some momentum. It's heading higher anyway. The dollar has been running. And normally, these things don't run together. And so why is it that this has been happening? And really, the answer, I think, is pretty simple. The Dow's rallying on spending, right, whether it be infrastructure, military, right? Donald Trump's already said, listen, I'm going to spend money. And on tax cuts, right? And and think about, you know, his whole cabinet. They talk about it over and over. I don't know if it's a good thing, if it's a bad thing, but it's the, 
more billionaires and multimillionaires than any cabinet in the history of the world. So you know they're going to be, what, helping say, hey, this is the, we didn't get rid of this and that and this and this and that, and, and obviously it'll be very beneficial for the, you know, the, the Fortune 500 companies, right? The Wall Street companies are going to do, in theory, very well. So, so you, you have the, the whole optimism side, right, creating the Wall Street rally. If you listen to the Federal Reserve on the rate hike story, They've got two problems. One, they've got inflation rising. And remember what I've been telling you. This really looks like it's setting up for a massive stagflationary cycle. Then they've got the optimism of federal spending and and thinking, hey, we may have cover here to raise interest rates. And you think about the last couple of years, they've only raised it once a year. And they really don't have any cover, right? The GDP's been falling, not rising. But there's been, you know, we're running trillion-dollar deficits and nothing was happening. So because now the Fed thinks they have some cover, you're seeing the 10-year note rise. You're seeing the dollar rise. And then you have gold and silver. Gold and silver are reacting to the actual data. Yesterday is a really was a great example of that. Gold was down early yesterday. Matter of fact, very similar so far today. And then, at, right, gold started to to pick up momentum before we got on the air as the economic data started to come in yesterday. Consumer spending down. Construction spending down. Durable goods. Stripping out aircraft, right? Commercial aircraft, strip out Boeing, down. And gold went from down 10 to actually, you know, be, gold got all the way out to 1250 yesterday. This morning. So, and let me, I guess, rephrase that. So it started down on Fed governors saying, hey, March is on the table. And gold fell. Then gold rallied on the actual economic data. This morning, more Fed governors, oh, it's definitely, no, March is on the table. And, and gold was down, gold was all the way down, you know, into the 1230s. And then gold started to pick up on factual news. The Atlanta GDP tracker came out and said, boy, this thing's falling pretty fast. They essentially 
cut off 25% of GDP growth in a single day. After getting three days of economic data that wasn't very good. And so we really got this conundrum going on. And the thing that I like, when you really look at gold, especially when you look at gold over the last 14 or 15 months, gold's up a couple hundred dollars during that time. Silver's up over $5 during that time. And from percentage perspective, those are big moves. Gold's up almost 20%. Silver's up almost 30%. Now 25%. And now the feds want to raise rates, right, at least twice if they can. I think those are very bullish things that are going to be happening because the realities are the real data actually doesn't support increasing rates. And then you got to think about the optimism side of this. Can Donald Trump really get it done? Right? We know politicians. I don't know that he is. So let me give you a, a case in point. So he wants $54 billion for the military. Right? We know that. He wants to spend an extra $54 million. And he came out and said, hey, this one, we're going to pay for this one. And he said that we're going to cut spending at the State Department, the EPA, and then foreign aid program. And and I think everybody here, If you've ever listened to my show, I think that's fantastic. Less government is really what we need. But here's the problem with what he wanted to do. If you took the entire EPA, the entire State Department, and all the foreign aid programs, all of them, They only equal $55 billion. So essentially, if he would want to pay for it, he would have to get rid of all three of them completely. And and they came out and said, hey, I want to take the State Department's budget down 37%. And by the way, the State Department's budget, just so you know, it's about $31 billion. And so Donald wants to essentially take that, what, down to, you know, just below $20 billion. So that would be, you know, let's say about $10 billion worth. Uh, the, the EPA has $8 billion, $8.3 billion. And then the International Assistance Programs total $16 billion, just, just for record-keeping. So the Trump administration is proposing deep cuts. The White House has proposed a spending cut of 37% to the State Department and the U.S. Agency for International Development budget. 
They said the president is hoping to pay for the $54 billion in extra spending at the Defense Department. That would, by the way, that will push defense spending to over $600 billion. And here's the problem. That is definitely dead on arrival. Senator Lindsey Graham, by the way, he's a Republican, chairman of the Senate for the Appropriations Subcommittee on State and Foreign Operations, he told reporters on Tuesday, he said the proposed budget destroys soft power and would put diplomats at risk. Senate Majority Leader and Republican Mitch McConnell said he doesn't believe a 37% cut would make it through Congress. And then you got to start wondering, what else isn't going to make it through Congress? And this is going to be really, really interesting. And, and we're going to, I think it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be a fascinating fight. But the realities are, it sounds really good. I just don't think they're going to be able to get it done. And if that doesn't happen, then the optimism goes away. We'll see what happens. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Alexander Hamilton called the judiciary the least dangerous branch of government. He wrote those words long before judicial supremacists began redefining marriage. But Hamilton and his fellow founding fathers gave us valuable tools to limit the damage, and we ought to use them now. In our system of checks and balances, judges do not have the final say. President Andrew Jackson recognized this fact when he said about the then Chief Justice, John Marshall has made his decision, now let him enforce it. Abraham Lincoln had a similar response to the Supreme Court's decision in the famous Dred Scott case. He told the country, we should not submit to the dictates of, quote, that eminent tribunal, close quote. Both of those presidents understood that the judiciary is only one of three branches of government. Its duty is to interpret the Constitution, not rewrite it. Jackson and Lincoln both knew that enforcement was ultimately up to the people. Congress has an important role in restraining judicial supremacy. The Constitution gives Congress the power to remove issues from the jurisdiction of the courts. Congress has exercised this power frequently since the Constitution was adopted. Bill Clinton, among others, recognized this power when he signed legislation to block some lawsuits against gun manufacturers. Congress can also refuse to pay for enforcement of decisions it doesn't like. When a court ordered a cross removed from public lands, Congress banned the use of federal money to carry out the order. President Clinton approved that action, too. It's time for Congress to use its powers to protect marriage. Congress should remove federal jurisdiction over marriage. Orders to recognize same-sex marriage that are contrary to state law should not be funded. 
I urge you to set up a local group to meet regularly and study my book on the courts called The Supremacists. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Can activist judges be stopped? Or will they continue to overturn laws with no regard for the Constitution or the will of the people? To share your viewpoint on never-elected supremacist judges, go to pseagles.com and join the blog conversation. That's pseagles.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. So start thinking about this. Wall Street is probably priced to perfection. Matter of fact, Warren Buffett, he was out on television. I don't know. It was either early this week. I think it was early this week. And he said, you know, if interest rates were normal, Wall Street would be way overpriced. (laughs) Right? But since it's not, it's okay. Then you listen to Danielle DiMartino Booth talking about price discovery. Saying nobody really knows what anything's worth. Because really all that's happened is, and if you really look at the data, with the exception of of a few, like in Amazon, Top-line growth has continued to fall pretty much unabated through every sector. And the one thing that's happened is because late rates got so low, companies were able to borrow money and buy back their own stock. And now they're hoping that, hey, we're going to get more tax breaks. And my guess is they're only going to buy back more stock. But we'll see what happens. But what if it doesn't happen? What if they can't get it passed? You know, one thing nobody's talking about, the debt ceiling's coming up here right as the the Fed beats. You know, the deficit's already $20 trillion. What's going to happen? We don't know. But here's the thing that I think is really interesting. Is I really think the Fed is not hiking in 10 days from now, 11 days from now, 12 days. I guess it's, what, 12 days from today. But the fact is, and I just saw a headline flash across my screen, rate hike odds up to 90% for March. It's all the Fed governors are saying, it's on the table, it's on the table. And of course, I've been saying, yeah, it's on the table, just not the table they're sitting at. But if it really is on the table, so let's say it really is. In other words, it's not just, you know, jawboning by the Federal Reserve if it really is. Why? Why is it really on the table? Your own Fed district, both that you have tracking 
in GDP came out and said, boy, things got a things. The optimism didn't quite materialize. And now they're forecasting GDP growth to be obviously less, even after seasonal adjustments in the first quarter of this year than they were in the second quarter, third quarter, or fourth quarter of last year. And the only thing that I can think of is the inflation data, the actual data, not the ones that they report, right? Because, oh, we're almost to that 2%. Which, by the way, you know that came out, and, and if you get Daniel Martino's booth, Ben Bernanke is the one that helped get this, I guess, Fed target number to become the new uh, calling card, if you will. That somehow 2% devaluation, a.k.a. inflation, was somehow going to be nirvana. And as we all know, that's not real inflation, the number that they report this. this core They like to call it the, the core number. Right? The core number. It would be great. Wouldn't it be great if you could live on the core number? You know, I just saw, by the way, uh, the APS bills are going up $6 a month here in Arizona. They got a an increase pass. And I was thinking about all the seniors. You got an extra $5 a, a month of paycheck. And just the electric bill alone is going to go up 6 bucks. So you're already down a dollar. How bad is the real numbers where I'm getting at? If they really think they need to raise... Because why not just wait? Because we don't know if Trump's actually going to be able to get any of it done. Right? And history tells us that our elected officials... You know, they really don't like to do things. They like to talk about doing things. They don't actually like doing something. And I know, right? I mean, Donald's not a, he's not an elected politician. He's this and he's that. And he's going to be, maybe. But which one of these guys and gals are going to give up all of their, what, all of their pork projects and all their, pet projects and all of these other things. They're not. And then they're going to debate about the size of the tax cuts, how big, why does business get that, and what about the poor people, and what about they? We know how it works. So why wouldn't they just wait? I mean, GDP's not growing. Even with inflation rising, it's not growing which is really kind of scary. But if they don't wait, what is it in the data that's making them feel like they can't afford to wait? How bad is the inflation numbers? 
phone. They talk about the jobs. Nothing that they talk about. You know, today's another great example. It's almost mind-boggling. Jobless claims came out today. 44-year low. It's like 220-some thousand. But continuing claims, still rising. In other words, boy, if you're one of those unfortunate people, yes, layoffs are way down. At least your ability to file unemployment claims is way down. The problem is if you are filing, it's been getting harder and harder to get a job. And I think about Homer. This guy's been recruiting his whole life and had to stop trying to recruit full-time people. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. You know, during the break, I was just, I just printed off this story about Subway chicken sandwiches. And I'm like, you know, that's a lot like our economy and a, and a lot like the Federal Reserve. And I don't know if you've seen this or not, but according to DNA testing, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, I don't know whether they, they, they check in the ancestry of the chicken, right? They're checking it and they go, oh, and this chicken goes all the way back to Africa or something like that. I don't know. But they're saying that a Subway chicken sandwich apparently doesn't have that much chicken in it. It said that the the the, the chain's yummy chicken strip contained only forty two point eight percent of chicken and that the oven roasted chicken sandwich only contained 53.6% of chicken. Which begs the question, well, what was the rest of it? And according to the DNA test, the rest of it was soy meal. And I'm thinking, you know, that's kind of like the economy. That's kind of like our Federal Reserve. Right? They're trying to tell us how great it is. But it's only like 40 to 50% great, and then the other, you know, 40, 50, 60% of it is just a bunch of hot air. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, wow. First of all, I didn't even know you could do that. Right? And I mean, I've actually, I've ordered this product. It looked like chicken to me. But apparently... Apparently it's not. I don't know. And it's the same thing. Hey, we like this data point. Right? We like this unemployment number. Forget how we got the number. that We like that number. We like jobless claims at 44-year lows. Who wouldn't? I like it. I think it's fantastic. The problem is, I'm one of those guys. Well, why is it at a 44-year low? Right? I, I, you know, 
I don't accept everything at face value. It's kind of like if you just read the headline. Rate hike at 90%. By the way, is that the 10-year note now is at 2.5%. And and gold, which was down early this morning as one of the Fed governors came out and talked about the rate hike being on the table. Then it rallied after the GDP numbers came in, and they, they got all sent lower. And now gold falling again on the news that there's a 90% chance of a rate hike in a couple of weeks. Now, now, now for the, this is one of those first days where the market's at least acting somewhat normally. We've got a rising 10-year note. The Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ, gold, silver are all lower. But that's, that's normality, right? As we talked about, with it, this hasn't been the case. And here's the problem. If another Fed governor comes out today or tomorrow, or Janet Yellen comes out today or tomorrow and says something uh, dovish, right, it goes right back. And then you start thinking about why. You know, like I said, why? I have no idea why this rate hike would be on the table except for one. And this is one that I believe. Inflation's getting bad. Really starting to hurt people. If you saw the consumer spending numbers, You, you would notice when you adjusted for inflation, even this, the fake, I mean, when I say the fake inflation, okay, the Fed inflation, when you adjust for the Fed inflation, spending was down three-tenths, which for consumers, just so you know, that's a lot. That's a big number. And they're saying, hey, you know what? They're not making any more money, and everything costs them more, and they just they they can't buy as much stuff. Today is another perfect example. Kroger. For those of you that don't know who Kroger is, at least here in Arizona, they, they own fries. They are the largest supermarket operator. In the country, in the world, probably, you know, and maybe not the world. They maybe do, and them in Walmart. You know, most people, if you if you take Walmart and Kroger, you get the majority of retail supermarket food shopping in the country. They just came out with their earnings that fourth quarter same store sales were down. Why? Customers didn't have the money. Traffic wasn't down. Just the amount of stuff they were able to buy was down. And we're starting to see all of these things. And you take a look at these jobs numbers. Why are claims at a 44-year low, but wages aren't rising? Really comes down to what? 
what type of jobs people are getting. <laughs> Part-time temporary work. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment on a Thursday. A Crocs. You know, I don't get these Crocs. I never did. They are the ugliest shoe that I've ever seen. But people that have, they love them. I mean, Eric has has a couple of pairs, and he swears by them. They're like, they're the best thing ever. They're closing. I'm going to say, what is it, 28, 30% of all their stores, 140, 150 stores. Uh, just add it to the list. And, and you know, we're... We're we're kind of battling the optimism versus the reality, and why is it that that everything seems to be rallying? Of course, now today's a little different, but everything seems to be rallying together. That's why. And you know, the one other thing that I don't hear people talking about, you know, if the Fed starts hiking rates, isn't that going to take away from the growth that we're supposed to get if 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 Trump can get done what he wants to get done? I don't know, just something to think about. Quick look here at the markets. Like I said, uh, all the indices are lower today. The Dow is down. The S&P is down. NASDAQ's down. Uh, gold's down as well. Gold's at $1,238. Silver all the way down to 18 bucks. Uh, U.S. Uh, $20 Liberties and Saints following it down. So they're twelve ninety. $52 over spot, and really, that's as low as we can go, but $52 over spot, a great opportunity in the gold markets, silver markets, same thing, hit these pullbacks, there's still some backdated silver eagles available, there's not a ton of them, but they are available, uh, and you can get backdates for $21 an ounce, you know, 420 bucks or $3 over on a U.S. Silver Eagle, just great value to be had uh, in these markets. 800-951-0592. I am extremely bullish because I do believe, you know, I think it's gotten to this point. We are going to see a couple rate hikes. Not because of great growth. It's because stagflation is coming. I don't I'm hopeful that Donald can pull some stuff off. I just don't see it. Right? It's Congress. And we'll see what happens. But I wouldn't be surprised. Already they're saying, hey, tax cuts may not be to August. It may not be to 2018. And that could really put a damper uh, on a lot of the optimism that has been circulating. But we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be an interesting uh, next say two weeks till the Fed meeting comes up. We'll have to see how the data comes out uh, and we'll see how quickly the Federal Reserve, if they keep up with this hawkish tone or if they start to get dovish and we'll watch the headline and we'll kind of I guess watch it all play out together. I think either way, you know what if it's, like I said all along, anything that Trump will do that could get done is good for gold. Why? Because it's going to drive inflation. It's going to drive deficits. Those are positive. Hopefully, you know, when we talk about it here, listen, you got to do it. You know, they're all crying about the border tax. We need a border tax. 
we got to get the jobs back. And guess what? Those jobs are going to have to pay $30, $40, $50 an hour, $60 an hour. A Big Mac's got to be 20 bucks. Patriot Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. Everybody take care. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.